0: Greetings, my fellow educators, and welcome to another edition of the Teacher's Lounge podcast. My name is Brian, a veteran teacher who created this series many years ago to try and motivate educators, and I also wanted to present some possible strategies to help improve the classroom experience for both teachers and students. For now, I am going back into the archives and releasing a show that hopefully still brings some value to our modern-day audience. The episode I chose for today is titled, From the courtroom to the classroom. Very often, we hear teachers who are wanting to get out of the teaching profession. My special guest, Ernie Lee, was looking to leave his career in law and get into the classroom. Mr. Lee had only been teaching for a few years at the time of this recording, and as you'll hear, he was already making a difference and finding great success in the education profession. This former Teacher of the Year from Georgia shares what strategies have worked well for him, and offers some motivation. So without further delay, let's enter the Teacher's Lounge with Mr. Ernie Lee. All right, let's start our program off with a Teacher of the Year for the State of Georgia, shall we? He wanted to be on the program. I definitely opened the door for him to do that. And he has a great story that he's going to share with us. So I want to welcome Mr. Ernie Lee. You didn't start as teaching as your first career. You were a lawyer. So take us back into your story and how you got into the classroom. I
1: knew that when I was in high school that I wanted to be a teacher because the teachers that I knew were the ones that really wanted to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I was going to go become a lawyer and make a million dollars and then retire and then come back and teach. Of, of course, that did not happen. I went through college and law school and became a lawyer, and I'd been lawyering for probably about 20 years, and I'd taken a job at a college. I was kind of the corporate counsel for a, a college in Savannah, and I started teaching New employee orientation, and of course, I liked being in the school environment, and I really enjoyed teaching these classes. And so, I decided that I really enjoyed doing this. It was funny because it was a time in my life where if I was going to make a change, it allowed me to make the change. So, it was a really hard time because I had actually had to file bankruptcy, I lost my house, I lost my car. My mother was diagnosed with cancer, and then I had to put my dog down. My dog was like 18. So over a span of about 18 months, I mean, it was like soul-searching. And as a part of that soul-searching process, I really thought, you know, what have I done with my life? And I did good work as a lawyer. I enjoyed being in law, but I thought, really, what have you given back? And a good friend of mine who was an assistant principal who had actually been a recruiter for the school system— challenged me. And she said, you know, you've always talked about teaching school. What is holding you back? And actually my plate was clear. Nothing was holding me back. And so she challenged me and she said, Bernie, if you can go in and substitute teach and survive, you can be a teacher. So I went in and my first substitute job was in kindergarten. And I knew after the first day that was not for me. And then I went into high school. And absolutely fell in love with it. I could connect with the kids. And well, I'll tell you a quick story about one of the classes I had. It was a early childhood education class. And I knew nothing about early childhood education. But the teacher had left an excellent lesson plan. And it was mostly 10th grade girls. They were talking, but they were getting their work done, which is great. And as a substitute, that's a good day. Absolutely. And so... One of the girls said, Mr. Lee, pay attention to me. And, you know, I said, what, what? And she said, I have a song to rap about you. And I looked at her and I said, well, I've never had a song rapped about me. (laughs) And so I said, well, yeah. So I quieted the class and said, let's hear this rap. And she went into this really funny rap about me wearing a bow tie and, you know, me wearing glasses and having dark hair and being a sub. and, And it was really funny. And so I applauded her and I got the class to applaud her. And then I said, okay, guys, look, I appreciate that. Never had a song rapped about me, but now let's get back to work because I'm going to get in trouble if you don't finish your work. And they did. I and mean, it was a great day and I went home and, and then about two weeks later I was in the same school and it was an English class this time, 10th grade, mm-hmm. right. boys and girls. And, the class was out of control, and I could not quiet them down to even call roll. And with a substitute, you know, you have to call roll, yes, or you get in trouble. And I didn't know what to do. And Brian, out of the back of the room, came this booming voice that said, "Y'all sit down and shut up. Mister Lee is trying to talk. I want to hear what he has to say." And believe it or not, the room got quiet. Everybody sat down. And then the boy said, go on, Mr. Lee, I got your back. Hmm. And it was the girl that rapped the song about me. Awesome. And I couldn't believe it. But the more I thought about it is I really gave her some positive attention and I respected her and I let her do what she had to do and I appreciated it. And then she saved me two weeks later. And I thought, you know, I really can connect with some of these students and I just had many stories like that that happened, and I thought, you know, I can really do this. So I went and applied, and uh, I was hired under an alternative prep situation where I could get a temporary certificate and then go do my classes to get my renewables certificate. And I haven't ever looked back. I mean, I absolutely love what I'm doing.
0: Awesome. Ernie, did you face a lot of opposition from people in your life saying you've got this impressive background and... Why do you want to become a teacher and teach kids in a classroom?
1: Yes. And the hard thing was telling my parents, or Mm -hmm. telling my dad, because my mother was already gone by then. I I talked to him about it, and he said, You know, son, I just want you to be happy. But some of my lawyer friends look at me and they say, Man, I wish I could do that. I enjoyed being a lawyer. It's not everything it's cut out to be. They say, Are you crazy? But then after I've been doing it now for a couple of years and people see me and they see me really happy and always talking about it, I know I made the right decision and I think they come along with it too.
0: What happens that first year? Well, the first
1: year I was hired as a long-term sub because I had to pass a couple of tests. Then I was hired in full-time and then I had to start my teacher prep program. I was actually a co-teacher in special education and A lot of what I did that first year was get to know my students, really see what they needed, but it was a tough battle because, first of all, I'm older. I was put with some younger teachers, like, who is this guy? What is he doing here? A lot of teachers aren't familiar with the co-teaching model and and resented me being there. Mm -hmm. But, again, my job was to kind of fight for my students and then get to know that other teacher and let them know, you know, no, I can really help you. And so the first year was pretty tough. But then once people got to know me and knew that I was really sincere and that I did have a brain, I could do some stuff, then I was allowed to do a little bit more and a little bit more. The thing about, I guess, teaching is it you know, was lots of discipline issues. There's, you know, lots of paperwork, as we all know, that we have to do. But a lot of it was just kind of pacing myself, realizing what I'm doing. I keep thinking, okay, you could be back in the law office. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so much fun being in school, even with all the paperwork and stuff that we have to do. It was a tough first year, but a lot of what I did was meet people, build relationships, which I'm all about, getting to know my students, getting my students to trust me, and then we could try different things to get them up to speed. And you know my first year was successful. The next year it was kind of more of the same, and it just kind of started to roll from there. I got put with some excellent teachers that probably after my second year that really understood co-teaching, and then I was actually helping them lesson plan and present, and just kind of took off from there. You know, I mean it was it was good. It was hard, but it was actually I was having a lot of fun good teachers can be hard to find. Oh, quick. you were quick on the draw there. I'll come back to that. But the students in Ernie Lee's International Baccalaureate history class know they have one. The amount of effort that I see he puts into teaching us. I mean, I know you can notice between teachers that it's their job that they have to do what they have to do. But with him, it's more of a want. In order to be nominated for such a title, You need to have his kind of characteristics. Principal Derek Butler says Lee is a great role model. Mr. Lee says it all the time. It's about connecting and building those relationships with students. Uh, And I think that's been his strength uh, all along. His students couldn't agree more.
0: Goodbye, Mr. Lee! Rennie Lee, our guest, being featured on a local news channel, WSAV3. And I want to go back, Ernie, to something you said earlier about getting students to trust you. How did you do that, and how did that impact your classroom?
1: One thing that I've learned, I knew this when I was practicing law, that when I had a client come in, I had to build up trust very quickly. Because, you know, if you trust somebody, if you like somebody, you're going to work better with them. And so really what I would do with students, and I continue to do this. I mean, I'm no longer in special ed. I'm doing IB, history, and government. But the way I would build up trust is I would stand at the door before classes and greet each of the students as they are coming in by name. And it was like, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? Are those new shoes? Those are really sharp. Or it's like, man, those are yellow shoes. Man, I could see you coming. And just kind of laugh with them. I'm not the friend. But I'm friendly. The kid's coming in and they look really sleepy. I'm going to say, did you not get enough sleep? What's going on? And I find out, well, they're working a job and they had to close the night before. And so, you know, you just find out stuff about the students, you know, if they're on a team, if they're in a club, and you kind of follow up with them. And it's like when students know that you care, then they kind of come around. This happened to me last year. I had a government class, and I had high-level international baccalaureate classes, which were 11th and 12th graders, and then this government class was really made up of kids 9th through 12th grade. I had a a kid that should have been a 12th grader, but he was marked as a 9th grader because he didn't have a lot of credits, and he was always late for class, Mm -hmm. and he would come in 15 minutes late, disrupt the class. We would just get into these arguments, and this went on for like a week, and I finally I said, something's got to change. And I realized I had to change my attitude towards this kid. One day, I was standing in the hallway and greet the kids. And when the bell would sound, I'd check the halls and make sure if anybody was late, I wouldn't shut the door on them. And here this kid was coming down the hall, and I waited for him. And when he got to the door, I said, hey, man, you are almost on time. High five. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, man, I'm glad you're here. Come on. Man. I said, have you got your book? And he would start to make an excuse, and I said, "No, no, no, no! I'm not getting on to you. I've got a book for you. Come on in. Let me get it for you." And so he came in. And then the next day, he was actually on time. And again, I gave him a high five and said, "Man, two days in a row. We're starting a trend. I'm really glad you're here. You know, I got your book for you. I've got paper for you. Come on in. I mean, this is a kid who." constantly roamed the halls, he would cut classes, and I just really started talking to him. One day I said, what are you going to do when you graduate? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And because I don't think anybody had ever asked him about graduation. And I said, no, I'm serious. My job is to get you to pass my class, and your job is to pass my class. And then I've got to do everything I can do to get you to graduate. And again, he looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, this is why I teach. I'm having a good life. And I want you to do the same thing. I said, I'm going to be in that audience cheering you when you walk across the stage to mm-hmm. get your diploma. He just kind of smiled. And then everything changed in that class. I mean, he was on time. He was doing his work. He would cheat and I would catch him And I'd pull him aside, and I'd say, look, you have fooled every teacher in this school but me. I know you're smart. I know you can do this work. I said, when you copy somebody else's work, all you're doing is practicing your handwriting. And you know what, man? You've already got beautiful handwriting. and You really did. And I said, go redo this and do it on your own and show me what you know. And he would. Then he would start helping me discipline the class. And it was funny, one day he said, y'all better chill out because Mr. Lee's getting that look. And I would say, thank you. I said, yes, I'm getting that look. This went on for six weeks. And the other part of the story is he had an electronic monitoring bracelet on his ankle, which means he was in trouble. Mm -hmm. And the school secretary would always call my class on Thursdays for him to come to the office to change the battery. And one reason she did that was she knew he'd be in my class. He didn't go to any other classes. So this went on, like I said, for six weeks. And then one day he wasn't there, which was not unusual because he might be on suspension. I checked the suspension list and he wasn't on it. And I checked the attendance list and he wasn't on that. And then I thought, okay, so I went and finished the day and then made some phone calls and I found out he had gone off campus and, robbed somebody with a gun. Mm. And so he was out and going out of the system. But I tell that story because for six weeks, this kid chose to come to my class, and I had a connection with him. And what I see my job as a teacher is planting seeds. Wherever he is today, he knows that somebody cared about teaching him American government and I don't know what's going to happen to him, but we had a connection. That is what I try to do with each of my students because the squeaky wheel or the guy or the girl that wants attention is either going to get it positively or negatively. they're going to be a great student or they're going to be acting out. And if I can get to know them, see what makes them tick, see what they need, and make that connection, then we're going to be able to have school. That's been very powerful for me to see that. I guess the biggest thing for me about being a teacher is making a connection and making it sincere. I mean, Brian, I think you know that if you're fake to a class or to a kid, they're going to sniff it out very quickly. For sure. So a lot of what I try to be is I try to be very sincere. I don't ever talk down to the kids. I really have a lot of respect for them. We're not a Title I school, but we're like points away from it. And some of these kids have stories that would make my hair turn grayer than it is now. So it's like I don't know where they're coming from, but during that time when they're with me, man, we're going to have some fun and we're going to learn some stuff, and we're going to be respectful to each other. It's just about caring about kids, and I think that's why I started teaching because we do make a difference every day.
0: Yes, indeed. We certainly do make a difference. We may not always realize it, at that particular moment, but we do have an impact and certainly want to thank Mr. Ernie Lee for having an impact on his students and for coming up on our show today and motivating us and giving us some things to think about. He was a listener before he was a guest, and if you're out there listening and you'd like to appear on our program, feel free to get in touch with me at show at gmail.com. That's Teachers Lounge show at gmail.com. Any questions you have and any topics you want us to cover, get in touch with me at that email address. Have a great week, teachers. We'll talk to you soon.